Earth, wherever you are in the United States of America, you are now listening to the Paul McGuire Report, the voice of truth, and I would add the voice of light, because truth and light go hand in hand. When you dispel truth through any media, whether it's writing or verbal or television or video or film, radio, whatever, when you communicate truth, you give yourself and your fellow man or, or woman, you give them light to live by, light so that they can see what's happening in front of them, light so that they can see a danger ahead that they wouldn't normally be able to see, except that for the fact that there's light now shining in, in the pathway, which was once covered by shadows and darkness. You see, we live in a world right now where the overwhelming majority of people, including the overwhelming majority of people who claim to be Christians, are walking about in not only physical darkness, but they're walking around in spiritual darkness. And the end result of walking around in spiritual darkness is always the same. From the beginning of mankind right up to the present nanosecond, the beginning, middle, and end is always the same. And it is that there is total destruction, annihilation, judgment, disintegration, degradation, vaporization, if you will, pun intended. The whole thing disintegrates at a a particular point. So how did we get to be in this mess, especially if Christians are the light of the world? Or excuse me, let me rephrase that. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And when we, as Christians, allow Jesus Christ, the light of the world, to dwell inside of us, then our lives, theoretically, should be like shining lights set upon a hill. So think of our light, the light in us, the spiritual light in us, collectively shining down from a high place like a hill. And then it illuminates the streets and the society below. That's, That's what's supposed to happen. But when the people who claim to be the children of God, the people who claim to be born again, the people who claim to to meet and, and worship God and read his word and so on and so forth, those that claim to be Christians, and then when it turns out that there's no light in them because they won't allow the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ to live inside them, then there's no, there's no light shining forth. You see, Jesus Christ warned about what would happen to any people who who said they had the truth, yet reject the truth. And so in our time, as in times before, the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ is supposed to be living inside of the lives of believers. But we don't see that happening. We don't see this, this. incredible thing happening. And Jesus Christ said, I am the light of the world. So he warned of a time when those who claim to be walking in the light, you would see no evidence of the light in their lives. And then Christ warned of a time uh, when he compared the truth of God's word to salt, because back then, uh, during the period of the Roman Empire and and other uh, periods in the past, Salt was used primarily as a preservative for food. If you salted the food, it wouldn't rot, it wouldn't decay. That was the primary purpose of salt. 
to keep food from decaying and going bad. The secondary purpose of of salt was to add taste or flavor to, to whatever you were you were cooking. And Jesus warned of a time when the salt, the people that should be the spiritual salt, would lose their savor or their flavor. And he says, well, what, what's the purpose of salt if it has lost its savor, its flavor? What's the purpose of it? Well, Jesus then said, it has no purpose except to be thrown on the ground and stomped on. Now, I, I'm, I'm not using the correct New King James Version, which says trodden down. And I take li- liberty to change it because, because it's obvious we live in a contemporary world. For the most part, people don't use the term trodden down, trodden around, T-R-O-D-D-E-N. That word is obsolete. But trodden, stepped on, or stomped on, if you want to get aggressive about it, is a synonym. So when, when the people of the world that have no light are looking at the people who claim to have received the light, and they don't see any evidence of it because the salt is no longer salty, they say to themselves, what good is the salt? And, and the conclusion, according to Christ, is the salt is good for nothing except to be trodden uh, under your feet or stomped on under your feet. In other words, equation solved, it's worthless. It's worthless. Okay, so here we are, and according to Bible prophecy, according to the Word of God, the, the probability that we are in the latter part of the last days, or that general time period known as the end of the age, the statistical probability of that being true is, I would say, 100%, based on, now, I didn't say when Christ was coming back, and I didn't point out to a particular prophecy and necessarily highlighted it as, as a sign that absolutely Christ is coming back tomorrow or four years from now. I didn't make any conclusions like that. I simply said that based on Bible prophecy, based on Christ's statement of the signs of the times, based on uh, all the prophecies in the Old Testament, the, the, the prophetic super sign of the children of Israel returning to the land of the Israel, returning to the land of the Israel, Israel in the last days, all of these things are being fulfilled right before our eyes. In, in fact, God's prophetic super sign, the starburst, the supernova of, of prophetic signs, is when Israel, when the children of Israel regathered in the physical land of Israel after, after over 2,000 years of being in dispersion or dispersed throughout all the nations. And this was a direct fulfillment to the covenant that God made with Abraham and the physical descendants of Abraham. He made an everlasting covenant with them, which means, by the way, everlasting and never ends, that they would receive the physical land of Israel as their covenant promise in the last days. And that began in 1948 when the Jews miraculously were returned to the physical land of Israel after over 2,000 years of being dispersed. Now, you add up the proximity. Proximity, it's pounding on your door, screaming at you. Now, let let me rephrase my verbiage. We're not just talking about the proximity of Bible prophecy coming near. We're talking about, hello, Bible prophecy 
banging on your front door, Bible prophecy hammering on your front door and shouting as loud as he can, wake up, hello, you're living in the last days. Look around you. It's, that's the level. That's the level of warning and louder and louder. So anybody who claims to, to be a Christian and does not know that they're in the last days is either, well, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm going to take a momentary, notice that I'm not, it's not permanent, I'm not claiming to make a permanent change. I'm only claiming to make a momentary change. So for this moment on this program, on the Paul McGuire Report, I've decided to refrain <clears throat> from verbally chastising, in love, by the way, and I'm deadly serious. It's in love. If it wasn't for love, why would I do it? Certainly don't make money saying that, that. I'm doing it. I'm refraining from chastising my brothers and sisters who call themselves Christians for their total for their total rejection of God's prophetic word, Genesis to Revelation, and especially the Book of Revelation, and especially Matthew twenty four twenty five, when Jesus Christ outlined the signs of the times. I mean, if you can look at that stuff and say, "Hello, the mark of the beast, the nanochip implant that's being." is already invented, that's being prepped to be uh, uh, inserted into human bodies and brains that will plug you into a wireless electronic hive mind society known as the Great Reset, formerly known as the New World Order. And both of them were designed, including the Great Reset, to bring about a one-world government, a one-world religion, and a one-world economic system where there will be an antichrist who causes the world to worship, um, excuse me, the false prophet who causes the world to worship the antichrist, and it all revolves technologically around people's uh, people receiving some kind of nanochip implant on a microscopic lo- level, where they'd be plugged into mystery Babylon or the hive mind or the world brain or whatever you want to call it. And you can't buy or sell without getting this mark. So we're here. We're here, folks. When I first began studying Bible prophecy, I was much more reserved, much more cautious uh, than I am today. Because I, I, the, tra- well, the turning point for me was when my house literally almost collapsed after shaking so violently. I thought it was going to collapse in any second. Have you ever been in a house? I'm not talking about rocking back and forth. I'm talking about your two-story house high up in the Southern California hills is rocking back and forth with such a velocity that you think it's going to be pulled out of its foundation and, and, and disintegrate in, in, in the desert somewhere. And what nobody told me, because I had survived along with my wife, we had been through many uh, Southern California earthquakes. It was no big deal. We had, you know, it was like almost yawning. Yeah, you're scared and stuff, but you get used to it. But when this earthquake, the Northridge earthquake, rocked, it, it, the only thing I can say is that there was an ear-splitting roar, uh, like a sonic roar that was so loud so deafening. It it sounded like the Teutonic plates under the earth, countless thousands of miles long and wide and stuff, was was, that they were scraping against each other 
into a symphony which which ended up sounding like a a sonic roar, a deafening, ear-splitting sonic roar, like the roar of of what a, a nuke might sound as it goes off in Los Angeles. I have no way to describe it, except to say we we escaped with our three young children, two, two, twins, two two years old each, and a, a three-year-old boy. My wife grabbed them all. She grabbed them all because she was upstairs. I thought she was getting ready for work in the, in the dark. And uh, she grabbed them all because she was so fired with mother, mom, mom's adrenaline. Like somebody shot her up with three hypodermic needles of adrenaline. She was like the bionic woman. Now, now don't start laughing, but I give you permission to laugh because it's humorous. Uh, I dived under my office desk because it had a firm foundation. And the velocity of which the house was shaking, I thought I had about a second to dive under the uh, my office desk before the house collapsed. Now, I didn't do that out of total cowardice. I'm not saying there wasn't cowardice in me. Obviously, there had to have been, or I wouldn't have dived under the desk. And my goal was to survive for the next 60 seconds so that once the house collapsed, because I wasn't going to be able to make it upstairs to get the three kids or my wife, once the house collapsed, I would still be in peace, in, in, in one piece, and I would be able to rescue my wife and children. So I had a change of plan. I, I, I didn't dive under the desk. I turned around, and I said, the heck with it. I said, didn't say the heck with it, but I, I ran upstairs, and I saw my wife running down the stairs, her arms cradled around two two-year-olds and a three-year-old. And our kids were big, even at that age, because my wife and I are tall. And we went out to our front lawn, and our neighbors made their way onto the uh, uh, to our front lawn because our house was at the end of a cul-de-sac. And uh, I don't know, it instantly became a gathering place. And all my neighbors came up to me. They knew I wrote books on prophecy and other books. They knew I was an author and a speaker and did TV shows and stuff. But they came up to me, and I never shoved my religion on them, except in the most casual ways that were organic to the situation. So they trusted me, and they said, Paul, are these the signs of the times that Jesus Christ talked about? This was a Jewish guy, an editor in a feature film, big film company, then another neighbor who was, they were all Jewish or secular, none of them were Christians. And then another one asked me about, are these the signs of the times that Christ talked about? And then I was in a kinkos like a week later, because the aftershocks were just as powerful months after the initial earthquake. Remember, you saw those freeways that collapsed, those two freeways. That that was very near where I live. In fact, right under where those freeways collapsed, I used to commute uh, several times a week uh, to, to go to work. And initially, when I say initially, for the first year of my commute, it was 12 hours. No, it was 17, it was 17 hours a day. I could have crawled on my belly faster. Because you couldn't go through that entire area, the, 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 the freeways had buckled and ruptured, and the, the, the freeways that are, were high up, the highways had collapsed, and you couldn't go there. So you had to either go one way through the mountains uh, to the right, which would have been, I don't know, east or west through the mountains. I mean, I'm talking about one-lane dirt highway. All of L.A. is commuting in and out of it. So. Both scenarios involved driving up completely around the geographic vicinity of where I live. 
going entirely north of the city and county of Los Angeles, and then coming down south in through the back end of Los Angeles to get to my home. This, this went on for a year or more. And people, and then I'll, here's the strangest thing, and then I'll go on. When I was in stores, people, I wish you could look me in the eye, and I could look you in the eye. People would walk up to me in stores, in, in, when I was doing things, people I had never met before would walk up to me, look me in the eyes, and say these words. And it happened about eight times over, eight times among people I didn't know, not counting the many times it happened among people I knew. But eight times at least among people I had never met before, it would just come up to me, and out of the blue they would say, do you believe that these are the signs, we were talking about the earthquake, and then they would segue into these words. Do you believe that these are the signs of the times that Jesus Christ talked about? And then I would tell him, yes, I do. I do. I believe that. And I would explain why. And that changed my theology, by the way. It changed my theology from, think of a microwave, okay? Think of a microwave and cooking food. It changed my theology. Today, like when I cook something in a microwave, it's always high because I have no patience, okay? It's always high. But you have the warm-up mode, and all these modes that slowly warm up, your defrost mode, stuff like that. So in terms of Bible prophecy, and how soon Christ was going to return, and are these the signs of the times, my eschatology, or my doctrine of, of last days, moved from, you know, the, the subtle, slow-mo, defrost mode, the, you know, stick-of-butter warm-up mode, to the high mode, like, and if you keep it in any longer, you explode the, the butter. It went to, like, instantaneous rocket fire. We're here. Back to the future. Whatever you want to call it. Bam! We're here. And then I wrote a book that changed my, my, my theology. Well, no, the experience changed the theology, which theologically is not a good thing, but that's how it happened to me. Um, I. I wrote a book called From Earthquakes to Global Unity. That's several very, very well-known big television evangelists who were into Bible prophecy bought tens of thousands of copies and distributed my book, From Earthquakes to Global Unity, all around the world. <clears throat> so it changed the thrust of my ministry. And I, Bible prophecy was always a cornerstone of my ministry, but now it became the centerpiece of the ministry along with communicating and teaching the Bible, and saving souls in light of the fact of Christ's soon return. Let me repeat that last part. In light of the fact of Christ's soon return. So, it was immediately after our house almost collapsed, and we lived, there was two epicenters. That means, you know, the, 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 the very center point of the maximum velocity of the earthquake. There were two epicenters. One was right below my house in my neighborhood. And the other was right below Northridge in that neighborhood. So, so I, my house wasn't like like maybe near the earthquake. My uh, my house was like right on the epicenter, the dual one of the dual epicenters of the earthquake. And so, from there was birth the Bible prophecy emphasis at Paul McGuire Ministries and Paradise Mountain Church. And what birthed it is the continual flow of people who came up to me and said to me. Do you believe that these are the signs of the times that Jesus Christ talked about? <clears throat> and then I wrote that book. The first book that I wrote was called 
from earthquakes the globe. And then I wrote others like, Are You Ready? Uh, a Prophecy of the Future of America. First one, and then book Prophecy of the Future of America. Different Information, Volume 2. Conquering the Matrix, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World. Uh, a brand new book that just came out three days ago recounts this story in detail. And the name of that book is, and it, it's, it's, they're, they're beings. In order of when you purchased it is in order of when it's being sent out to people who pre-ordered it. And the name of the brand new book where you can, you can still get uh, a financial savings and a, a pre-order discount if you order it now is Power from on High. And it's a mixture of Bible prophecy, the Word of God, the last days, and answers the, the fundamental question, which is, what and the you-know-what should I do now that I know that we're in the last days, and i got to survive and live my life and pay my mortgage and try to buy a house and pay off my loan and blah, 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 blah. I answer those questions based on years of walking with the Lord and being forced to live, to live as the recipient of God's supernatural source of supply for my entire life. Whether I was in the feature film business, the contemporary Christian uh, uh, music ministry and business at the Lambs Club on Times Square and Broadway, whether I was, uh, like I said, producing feature films, distributing feature films, marketing feature films, writing books, uh, a professor of eschatology at the King's College uh, and Seminary of Jack Hayford uh, in, in uh, Van Nuys, California. Um, having three kids, uh, you know, my entire life is God uses your talents and giftings. That's fine. But, but the, my, the foundation of my life is Jesus Christ. And so I impart those truths to the reader because the truths that I learned are not theoretical truths that I learned in a seminary or I learned in some educational thing. I learned them in the in the battlefield, in the spiritual battlefields of life. You know, people laugh. When, well, they, just, they should laugh. It's intended to be humorous. <clears throat> but often when I speak at conferences, I will say that the early days of my marriage to my lovely wife, Chris, who I've been married to for decades, and we're closer friends and happier now than we were when we were first married. And when we were first married, I got some bad Bible teaching advice about being a husband, which, in summary, the pastor, he told me, show her who's boss. Now, you know, you can figure out how that went over. So the, <laughs> the initial early part of our marriage was like Vietnam. I'm talking about like Vietnam. Think of the opening scenes in Francis Ford Coppola's movie Apocalypse Now. You know, there's that, that classical thundering music. There's the helicopters flying overhead, napalm bombs being detonated on, on people, and, and, and it's an explosion, and it's a fury, and it's a nightmare. That was the beginning days of marriage. Well, guess what? Did I want to bail? You better believe I wanted to bail. Did she want to bail? You better believe she wanted to bail. But by the grace of God and nothing else, no good of my own, we cried out to God, and I learned how to, how to put my face on the floor, my belly on the carpet, cry out to God for his mercy, his help, and his divine intervention. And if you want to know how to wage war 
and move mountains and topple wicked kingdoms in the invisible realm and ignite a, an authentic biblical uh, revival and an authentic biblical third great awakening. If you want to know how to do hardcore kingdom business with God, because Jesus Christ said to every one of his children, occupy, not lose the territory, but occupy until I come. If you want to know how to do that, be careful what you pray for. But if I had to do it again, I would pray exactly the same way. But it was when you're in desperate, total need, and all hell's breaking loose, and everything is blowing up around you, and the only thing you can do, because it's either your house is collapsing, your marriage is collapsing, or whatever it is, you learn, depending upon the situation, you learn to put your face in the carpet, put your face in the wood floor, put your belly, you just slam yourself into the floor and you cry out to God and you pour your heart out to God until the burden and the agony and the pain lifts. Now, I know that as I'm talking about this, <clears throat> there are people listening to me right now. And you say, well, how do you know that? Because the Spirit of the Lord just told me with his still small voice, the Spirit of the Lord has given me an awareness in my heart and spirit that right now there are people listening to me, Paul McGuire, you're listening to the Paul McGuire report. I don't know what nation, what state. May, this may be your first time listening. I don't know. Maybe you've listened to it a long time. But for whatever reason, the Spirit of Almighty God has got a hold of you and has your full attention. And the Lord is trying to tell you something through, through my message to you. The Lord's trying to tell you that if you want to know how to get God to miraculously answer your prayers, then stop simply moaning and crying and complaining in the hour of crisis and start giving over that groaning and moaning, that travail, uh, and start crying out to God. Start directing the pain, the anxiety, the depression, the, the fear. Direct it to the Lord. Put it in the Lord's hand. And as you make that shift in your spirit, you will see God move. In fact, I'm going to take it further than that, because I'm not interested in tickling the ears of the elders. You can take it further than that. As you, as you cry out to God in prayer, and it may be because the fire of trials of life have been lit under your posterior, as you cry out to God in prayer, <clears throat> God begins to move. And, and as you cry out in heartfelt pain and direct your prayers into the throne room of God, what happens is God, it's almost subtly, without knowing, subtly, mysteriously, God begins to clothe you with power from on high. And God begins to pour out his Holy Spirit on you. And God begins to anoint you with his Holy Spirit. And what was talked about in the book of Joel chapter 2 and the book of Acts chapter 2 where God promises to pour out his spirit on all flesh in the last days. Ooh, man, it's true, it's true, it's true. All of a sudden, God begins to pour out his spirit on you. And all of a sudden, you're not running the race of life in your own strength. All of a sudden, there's wind behind your sails. All of a sudden, you are the recipient of power from on high. Now, if you quit being so sophisticated, and if you quit being so all-knowing and obstinate, you would know that right now, at this very second, and to use one of my favorite expressions, at this very nanosecond, 
God is knocking on the door of your heart. That was on the book, but God was knocking on the door. God is knocking on the door of your heart right now. And he's asking that you would let him in and suck with him, which means that you would open the door to your heart and let him in and, and eat with him, which means to fellowship with him in the most intimate le- levels, where you deep cries out to deep. Deep uh, is communing with deep. The, the, the deepness in your soul, as the Spirit of God moves even deeper in your soul, deep calleth unto deep, and there's a deep communion between you as a man and a woman, and between you and the infinite, personal, living God of the universe, the, the great I Am, Jesus Christ, the great I Am, Jesus Christ, your Savior. And when there's that communion, that means that intimacy, that closeness, you make the choice to open the door of your heart. You may have never done this before, because you never were forced to get real before, but now you open up the door of your heart like you've never done before. And in that proximity, in that intimacy, the rivers of living water begin to flow from the throne of God, and they flow into your innermost being, replenishing you, restoring you, clothing you with power from on high, which means the dunamis, the explosive dynamite force of God. And that power that's flowing into your life now, don't give me this baloney that it's not in the Bible. What the heck is wrong with you? I mean, I have never seen such... People wrongly dividing the Word of God. I mean, why don't you just get in a yoga position, which I do not advocate at all, by the way, but you might as well get in a yoga position, a lotus position, you know, get in a lotus position, chant uh, Om, O-M, and, you know, uh, get your chakras starting to uh, illuminate like Christmas tree lights, and, uh, um, you know, do cosmic consciousness. I know what I, I've done all that. I talk about my experiences doing all of that in my book, Power from On High. And all of that is a diversion. It's a delusion. It's a trap. It won't get you where you want to go. So cry out to God. And then you give yourself to God. Quit. You know, quit being so stingingly sophisticated. You're not sophisticated without any consultation on your part. The day will come. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm giving you what's called a New York City, Jackson Heights, Queens reality check. Ready? Prepare for it. One day, without your permission, without, being, without you being consulted, without you being asked if you like it or not or want it or not, out of the middle of nowhere, one day, you're going to die. And you're going to leave this earth. And God may give you a warning it's coming and and give you a chance to prepare for it, or God may give you no warning. Or, most likely, God will give you a warning, but you weren't paying attention. So, whatever the case is, God God is King of kings and Lord of lords, and he does not need to consult you when he wants to take you home. And it'll be like the snap of a fingers to be absent, from the body is to be present with the Lord. You will be, in a nanosecond, standing in front of Jesus in heaven in your brand new glorified body, and you will have entered eternity. Assuming that you got your heart and life ready, that's why we wrote the book, my book, Are You Ready? The the message of my book, Are You Ready? is, Jesus is coming. We agree. But the the, the secondary question is, 
since Jesus is coming, and that's a fact, are you ready? That's another fact. Are you ready for the return of Jesus Christ? And you either are or you aren't. And the way you get ready is you quit lying to God, lying to yourself. You repent of God of your sins. But then you also put your faith in God and your faith in the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse you of all your sins and impart his, not your righteousness. You get him by faith to impart his righteousness into you. And you're born again, and you now have received the righteousness of God, not your self-righteousness, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, which comes by faith in God's promise to make you born again, and comes by faith in your willingness to receive all of your sins forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's how you get ready. That's how you get ready. And there's nothing you can do unless God directs you to do things, sometimes and many times. Uh, there's there's things that you need to like um, fix, reconcile, change, and God will put in your heart. He expects you to obey Him. By the way, He isn't giving you suggestions. If God's telling you get ready, or are you ready, and you have the strong sense that this physical Earth lifetime is ending, and then God puts it on your heart, relationships with family members and children or whatever that you need to make right. That's, you, you don't get into heaven by making those things right, but you're, you're, you're obeying God. You get into heaven by putting your faith in God, period. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you of all sin. But the Lord may direct you to get ready in various ways. So your job is to obey him. Your job is to obey him. Okay, you're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. The one thing not the one thing. There are many things unique and different, and I would say better, uh, about the Paul McGuire Report than what is found predominantly in conservative or alternative media. And, and, and I can't take credit for it. The only thing I can say is that a foundational principle of this radio ministry, which has been going on for decades, beginning with the syndicated Paul McGuire show, which was in just about every AM and FM major market in the United States for over 10 years, you know, four hours a day, literally with re-airings uh, seven days a week and five days a week live, interactive talk radio. People would get saved driving on the highway. All kinds of miracles happened. And then we moved into social media and podcasting, etc. So the one thing that has always been foundational is Get Paul, get out of the way, and allow God to do whatever he wants to do. That's the rule. The show is not about you. It's not about your guests, if you're happy guests. The show is about creating a space where the Lord can move. If, if, if the Lord can't move genuinely and authentically, I'm not talking about like pre-rehearsed, uh, uh, you know, stale microwave food. If the Lord can't move in your show, your show's too crowded. You've got to have the Lord moving through your show. If the Lord is not moving through your show, then there's no life in it. If there's no life in it, people may hear a dull, liturgical uh, rehashing of, yeah, they're gospel truths, but they're not gospel truths that are invigorated with the life of the Holy Spirit, which brings people to Christ himself and causes people to experience revival and causes people to be born again. There's a world of difference. And so, right now, 
you know and I know beneath the, the, the stiff upper lips and the hard-hearted faces of people we meet everywhere who are pretending that everything's great, even though it's everything's falling apart. There has never been more fear in our nation, more anxiety, more depression than ever before. <clears throat> and so, as Jesus said, the fields are white for harvest. People are not going to show you what they're really feeling, but they're, they're crying out to Jesus. They're crying out for salvation. And they're just waiting for somebody to reach out to them. Look, I think conservative, I think some conservative radio programs are great. They give good information. But they're not going to give you, get you to heaven. They're not going to give you the supernatural power to be an overcomer and to be victorious in crisis situations. Okay? This is where, you know, there's a sifting. The, 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 the sifting between, you know, kind of an exterior pontification of the gospel and people that are giving you the living energy of the Holy Spirit because they walk in it themselves. So what, which one are you? So I want to encourage you. I need you now more than ever to ask the Lord. That means pray the Lord and ask him if he's calling you. And if you don't ask him, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Ask the Lord if he's calling you to be a partner of the Paul McGuire Report and ask him how much he wants you to donate or give financially on a regular basis. And then whatever the Lord tells you to do, or doesn't tell you to do, simply obey the Lord. Yes or no, simply obey the Lord. And we need your help financially because we're in a spiritual war. Spiritual wars, like any kind of wars, require financing. We need to expand our technological outreach because they're coming after us and they're coming after Christians. Anybody who's speaking the truth is being targeted is being taken down, has been taken down, or is in the process of fighting being taken down. We're, we've experienced all of that. We've experienced all of that because there's a all-out war from hell against any truth in our nation right now. So if you don't stand by the people that you believe that are proclaiming truth, then the day may come when there is no truth that you can hear anywhere. It will all be sanitized, communist talk, Marxist talk, Socialist talk, uh, uh, great reset talk, just propaganda and political correctness. The dead hollowness of hell ring in our ears. So I need your help. I need your help. And I need you to be a prayer warrior for me, the ministry, the people associated with the ministry, my family. Supernatural prayer to back us up, guidance, wisdom. I need you to commit to regularly spreading links of our program fast and wide fast and, operation fast and furious but we're not here to, to, to smuggle guns across the border we're here to to pass the gospel to pass the truth of the word of god all over the place as fast as we can because you know what their goal is read the writings of the great reset their goal is to totally censor and silence the gospel of jesus christ and all biblical truth so i need you to spread our programming far and wide and we must increase the level of our giving substantially so we can get the technology, we can get the platforms we need to overrule, yeah, overrule their censorship mechanisms. Because they're on the hunt. They have, they have divisions. I, I, in, in several of my books, which you should get, they have divisions of, of 
agencies which track and monitor alternative media, truth media, Christian media, constantly monitoring it. And if something is too uh, truthful, it gets taken down, like in communist China and communist Russia and communist Cuba. It gets taken down. So you can either help us now, or the day will come when it's too late. Okay, this is the Paul McGuire report. Uh, together, we can overcome this if we if we mount a a response that's adequate to the level of spiritual attack. So you're listening to the Paul McGuire report. By the way, get yourself a copy or many copies and, and give them out. A power from one eye. I consider it my most important book because it contains the most vital truths for this moment in time. Get yourself a copy of Power from Ohana High and, and help spread it. Uh, I can't do this by myself. I need your help. And if you don't want to help me, that's fine. Help somebody else who's doing the job. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. We'll be back in a second. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. You are listening to the Paul McGuire Report. Be sure to visit paulmcguire.us. Get yourself a copy now. Save money. Get a financial discount. I ordering power from on high. All of my books, which build upon one another. So in other words, my books constitute what's called the Founders series. The founder of the ministry is me, Paul McGuire. So the books are written, one book on top of another, on top of another, on top of another, in a, a series called the Founders series, where I present biblical truths, prophetic truths, uh, current event truths, and I educate you, the reader, and other people in a fast-moving style, and basically basically explain to you and people who need to know why the world is the way it is and what you can do about it <clears throat> while there's still time. And my new book, Power from On High, is you know this is the product of decades of, of research and study. So let's ask ourselves the question. Everything you see happening right now on planet Earth and in the United States is a direct consequence of a dark and sinister plan called uh, the Great Reset that was created by the globalist elite, or uh, some people say the, the Davos, D-A-V-O-S uh, elite, or the Luciferian elite, or, or, or the globalist elite. And these are the globalists that control they only represent 1% of the population of planet Earth, but they control 99% of the wealth. <clears throat> and they're the world's wealthiest and most powerful people, and they have now decided that they are going to take over planet Earth in a, in a new kind of technological totalitarian state. So, uh, Klaus Schwab, who, who is the current head of the Great Reset, uh, is guiding the agenda for the world in partnership with the United Nations, in partnership with other globalist institutions. And Klaus Schwab basically is heading up a global technocratic dark agenda, which is a, 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 a global corporate unity consisting of global corporate power with a global government including the UN, and a dark agenda that goes back before 
the beginnings of the 1970s and, and really goes back, for crying out loud, to the very early 1900s and late 1800s. But they always use different names. And the, the Davos uh, Great Reset is merely an updated blueprint for a global dystopian dictatorship that may be under UN domination or some other uh, globalist uh, in, uh, globalist uh, organization's domination. And it has taken them, you know, over a century to get it up and running. And the key, two of the key leaders in this globalist movement were, were people like the Rockefeller family, David Rockefeller, the Canadian billionaire and occultist, uh, Maurice Strong. Uh, then, uh, in the beginning of the 1970s, uh, Rockefeller, uh, who was then chairman of the Chase Manhattan Bank, essentially began to bankroll this new world order now called uh, the Global Reset. And so you had these globalist think tanks, globalist institutes, all working together to create a global totalitarian state in the model of uh, Aldous Huxley's sci-fi novel, Brave New World, which was a uh, scientific dictatorship. Um, and that scientific dictatorship has now become a reality. So. Here are some of the groups. Now, I, I, I'm giving you the names of the groups and I'm giving you information. But in my books, especially the books that I'm naming today and I've been naming on recent programs, all of those books are packed with facts and documentations and the histories of and inside stories regarding who this globalist elite are. So I'm gonna, you're going to hear names, but if you want to know a whole lot more about these groups and people, then read the books that I'm going to recommend to you, and you can get the books that I've written on these people and these organizations. You can get them at um, paulmcguire.us at a financial discount right now if you hurry. Or you can, and this is a great Christmas present. God bless you. This is your brother in Christ, Paul McGuire. Once again, grab on it, get on it, get yourself a copy today of Power from On High.